from ministry to Hollywood and all things in between. Actor T.C. Stallings helps us explore today's issues through a biblical lens. Let's dive in to TCS Live. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TCS Live show right here on the Edify Network. I am your host, T.C. Stallings. And as always, I want to thank you for coming and joining and sitting down or standing up or wherever you are listening to the TCS Live show. I'm just I'm just glad to have you. Uh, thank you for rolling with me each week. Thank you for uh, your support. And I pray that there's something that's said. I always pray that there's something said that will inspire you uh, to just live life in the way that Christ would have you to live it. And I hope that's what we're accomplishing here. That's why we do this. That's why we, you know, come at you every single Thursday and drop an episode. And uh, man, if just one person is inspired, that inspires me. So just thank you for anyone who was listening to the TCS Live show and telling everybody else about the show. And uh, we're just going to grow and continue to spread spread the word and and, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I had a great weekend, by the way. I hope you did too. Uh, I was in Atlanta for, uh, actually, I was in Columbus, Georgia. We flew into Atlanta and we drove down to Columbus, Georgia for a uh, exclusive showing of my movie, My Brother's Keeper. And it was done at the National Infantry Museum, which was cool. If you want to, if you look on my uh, Instagram and uh, on my social media and Facebook and stuff, Twitter, you'll see I put a picture up of this place. It was great. Massive place. Huge IMAX theater. And um, my head was so big on this thing. It, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I've seen movies on IMAX before, but my when it's you, it's just different. My dude, I my head was huge. It's like a hundred foot head. It's how do you you know when they show those close ups where your head is the whole screen? It's just my head looked like a building. But nonetheless, um, it was great. We had a Q and A afterwards, and we were able to talk to uh, the the fans of the film and and hear their thoughts. And so it was cool. If you have not seen My Brother's Keeper yet. Uh, hopefully you can find a safe way to see it. Uh, if not, um, I look forward to when you are able to, if you can just pray about a way to be able to see it. Here at the National Infantry Museum, everybody was social distanced. Uh, some roles were cut off where you couldn't sit next to other people. We all had masks on, so everybody did their best to just you know follow all of the, the rules and make sure that we didn't spread anything. So uh, it, was, it was just great to be able to be, I hadn't been to a theater in over a year and a half. You know, so it was great. Not sure I'll just constantly keep going out to theaters or anything like that. Um, But in the right situation and it's safe, uh, that's what I will do. But for those of you who may not want to go out, um, which I completely understand, if you want to see My Brother's Keeper, you can go to www.mbkfilm.com and then you can click show at your church. And uh, there will be other options there as well. Like if, if you want to show it at your church or show it at a, you want to kind of have your own organized showing with people that you know, you know, don't have COVID-19 or anything like that. And maybe it's at your church or maybe it's at your business, um, but you have to have a minimum of 10 people and you are able to have a showing for yourself. So a lot of people are asking me, how can they see the film? That is a way to do it. So just head to www.mbkfilm.com. Again, click on show at your church, uh, but that really stands for show at your church or business or organization, and you'll be able to see it. So hopefully everybody gets to uh, see this and enjoy it. And I thank you for all the kind words that you all are saying about the film. It means a lot to me. Uh, before we jump into today's episode, I also want to give a shout out to my team who makes everything happen. You know, my wife, who is my manager, when I thank her for everything that she does, you know, uh, my agent, uh, Jean, and uh, just everybody that's involved with everything that I ever do. And then finally, uh, I want to ask you all to help me out with something, Clearplay. And I want to give a shout out to Clearplay. Uh, I'm partnered with Clearplay. I love what they do. If you're familiar with Clearplay, Clearplay is a streaming platform that filters content on popular platforms like uh, HBO Max, Disney Plus, Netflix, and Amazon. And they do this legally, by the way, because there is an illegal way to do it. And Clearplay doesn't do that. That's what I love, you know, because we don't want the these pl- streaming platforms upset with us. So we do it the legal way. But if you are to use Clearplay, it's the ability to filter out inappropriate content 
uh, on these different movies and TV shows, you know, just something that you don't want to see or something that you don't want to hear. A lot of times is, you know, bad language or uh, nudity or just something like that. And by the way, if, if if the movie is just just totally just completely filled with all this stuff, you know, you probably don't even, don't even want to watch it anyway. But a lot of times it's a movie where there might just be one or two things that if they weren't in there, you'd be like, man, this is a great film. You ever have that where you watch a movie and then there's like one scene or one something that just messes it up. I remember me and my family was watching X-Men and, and we there was just an F-bomb that got dropped out of nowhere. The whole film had been you know really, really good and then an F-bomb got dropped out. It was one of the reasons that we started using ClearPlay and we were able to take that F-bomb right out and then boom, now we can just watch it. And so just, it's a way to make your your TV experiences and your film experiences family friendly. And when you use ClearPlay, you can just click a button and it shows you all of the the language and what scene it's in, you know, at what moment it comes in the film. And it's all in a nice, neat place. And you can click, un, like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Like the button says, see or don't see, hear or don't hear. And you can keep keep clicking uh, for everything that you don't want to hear. Boom, then the film starts playing. It's very seamless and you don't even miss it. So we love using ClearPlay. And what I would love for you to do for me is to take the free trial and because we're constantly trying to get better. So um, take the free trial and then come back and tell me how you enjoy using ClearPlay. I know your family will enjoy it and um, it helps us to get better because we know uh, we got your feedback and you're experiencing it. So just go to www.clearplay.com and then take the free trial. Cost you nothing but a little bit of time. And uh, you like watching movies anyway. So now you can watch it with ClearPlay for free and then come back and let me know. So I would love for you guys to do that. It helps me out a lot. And so please log on to www.clearplay.com. Take the free trial and then come back and tell me, you know, what you think. What you think of what we're doing. Um, but I know you'll enjoy that. So thank you all for jumping on that with ClearPlay. So this week I'm excited. Well, you know, I say that every week, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I am. I'm excited about every topic because I sit here and I, I pray about what to talk about. And then, uh, you know, when I, when I feel like the Lord is giving it to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going to be good. We're going to have a good conversation. And I get so. So I'll probably say that every every week. I also always say that it's near and dear to my heart because I, I think because I, I think about the impact that it's going to have. And uh, it is near and dear to my heart. So. So today's topic, I'm excited, and it's near and dear to my heart, and <laughs> because we're we're going to talk about um, having it all together. Uh, that's pretty much the topic. You don't have to have it all together. You don't. Um, let me uh, clear that up a little bit in terms of when I say you don't have to have it all together. You're like, well, what what do you mean by it? What what it? Well, I I think the best way is to start off with a question. You know, as I always do. And, and the question, and I asked this question on social media, and I'm going to read some of the answers. But the question I asked was, has there ever been a moment in your life where you felt like the Lord has spoken to you about something that, you, that, that he wants you to do? You know, you believe he has called you to do something. But however, you, you feel like you're, you're not qualified. You're not equipped. You are not talented enough. Um, for, for whatever reason, you're just hesitant to do it. You know, you don't have this or you don't have that. And so maybe you either don't do it or you're really hesitant to do it or you actually do go ahead and do it. And you just you just on faith, you go and do it because you, you want to obey and you feel like, hey, the Lord's called me to do this. I'm just going to do it. I don't have it all together, but I'm just going to do it. And the Lord just shows out and just does amazing things and just blows you away. Have you ever had a moment like that? Did you respond that way? Did you just go ahead and do it or... Did you allow yourself to be talked out of it? This is so key because there's prob there are probably so many things that the Lord has wanted you to do that you backed off of, and maybe he still wants you to do it, but you haven't done it because you're just not confident for whatever reason. And most likely it's just because you're going to think like, I don't, I don't have everything that I need. I don't have it all together. I'm not qualified. This may happen. That may happen. Just all these things that talk you out of it. So I hope today's episode is freeing for somebody that might be out there. This might be you I'm talking to right now, that the Lord has called you to do something and you, you haven't done it yet because you feel like, I don't have it all together. I don't have everything I need. 
Well, I'm telling you, you don't always have to have it all together. Now, let me be clear on something. This doesn't mean you don't need to prepare. This doesn't mean that quality isn't important because all of those, thi- all of those things are very important. Uh, but the thing is, you have to start. Maybe part of starting is preparing. Um, but I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is you want to pray and you want to ask the Lord about timing. Ask the Lord about, you know, do I need this or do I need that? But the point is, this is in the process of actually going ahead and doing it. Not sitting there constantly talking yourself out of it, saying things like, you know, uh, I don't have it all together. I'm not. uh," And you just keep coming up with things that just slow you down. Uh, Because a lot of times that's the enemy in your ear. Because whatever this thing is that God has called you to do is obviously going to bring him glory if you do it right. And that's the last thing that Satan wants is for you to give a situation where anybody is going to end up coming to Christ or giving him glory or, or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm not saying that, you know, like, if you're in the process of, of getting yourself together to do it and you know this is what God wants, like this preparatory period is part of you obeying, then I understand that. You know, uh, maybe you have to write it all out first or maybe you have to gather a few people first. But notice you're, you're, you're doing actionable things. You're gathering people. No, you haven't done the certain something yet, but you're gathering the people to do it. You're writing up the script to do it or the plan to do it. So technically, you are in the the flow. You're but to sit there and not do you're not doing any gathering or any writing or any plan or any or anything. And the whole thing is you don't feel ready. I don't have myself together. I don't have it all together. Boy, you you have no idea what you might be missing out on. And I have I have some examples to share with you from personal experience. And then, you know, I asked this question on social media because I figure some of you out there may be dealing with this as well. So it's always cool to hear from from the listeners in terms of, you know, some of the topics that I talk about. So, again, the question was just basically to sum up the question I asked, has, has there ever been a time where God's called you to do something and you you didn't have it all together? You didn't have all the answers, but you validated the calling through prayer you knew it was the Lord. And so because of that, you just went for it and the Lord showed out. So um, I asked this question. So Tim Pike on Twitter, he says, I remember the first time I preached. So I would assume he's a preacher. Um, He said, I had so many skeletons in my closet. I felt way out of my comfort zone. I had to rely on him talking about God and I had my notes yet I don't even remember what I said. (laughs) That's got to be God. And he used my mouth. Absolutely. So this person here, you know, Tim is saying basically because he had some previous sin in his life, you know, like all of us uh, have at some point, you know, things that people may not know about. He said skeletons in his closet. So maybe he was fearful about things coming out about him. And, you know, preachers get up there and you, you're you going to be teaching people about Jesus and what to do and what not to do. And then you're worried about your own failures that you may have had leading up to the moment that God has called you to preach. But he went on ahead and just relied on him, uh, relied on God and did his thing. And and he, and he just said, the Lord used his mouth. And that just reminds me of, of uh, when he talked about preaching. I remember when I first started speaking, and this was way back in like 1998 or so. I I was a pro, uh, not a pro, I was a college, college football player, 1998. It's like my freshman year. And, you know, I had really been growing in my faith at that point. And when people found out that, you know, I was I was becoming a strong Christian, they would ask me to go speak. Now, I hadn't done that where you go and you you know, you share your 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 testimony and stuff in front of large groups. Uh, but I had just go ahead and, and, and start doing that with kids. Hadn't done it before. But then when people started asking me to come to churches, that was intimidating for me. Very intimidating for me. Uh, just because I'm like, okay, that that's for preachers to do. You know, people who have went to theological seminaries and, and all of these things and and uh, I remember when I first wanted to do some speaking and I went and I asked a prominent pastor and I was in Louisville, Kentucky at the time. And I, and I asked and I asked him about, you know, speaking and doing ministry. And, and he started to talk to me about all the classes and things that you need to take before you can do that. 
And that was intimidating for me. And I was just like, eh, I'm not in a position to be taking all these classes and stuff. And I didn't feel like I had it all together. And so, you know, I kind of was deflated. But what ended up happening was I like now here, let me fast forward to where I am now. Now, here I am many, many, many years later. I speak all the time and and people tell me how inspired they are by what I say and what I do. And, and people probably think that that now I've had a whole bunch of classes and things like that. Um, I have not. The only thing that I have done is I read the Bible every single day and I read it for hours and I ask the Lord to help me to just say what I need to say. It's that simple. And ever since, you know, 2001, 2002, 2003, I started going around and being asked to speak at churches. I've spoken inside the country, outside the country, all over this country, in so many different places. And I, I almost like Tim here. I'm just like, you know, Lord, whatever you want me to say to these people, I'm ready to say it. And the, the, the preparation that I have is just reading scripture and just making sure I'm biblically accurate. You know, and don't twist it to make my point or anything like that. But the point is, if I was just depending on um, theological seminary training or something like that, and I have nothing against that for those who have went, awesome. I'm just saying not everybody can go or or, or not everybody is, is equipped to go. Uh, not everybody is called to go. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't share Jesus. You can't share scripture. You know, you can't sell your testimony. You can't bring people to the Lord. And, and that's that'll be the enemy in your ear telling you, you don't have enough experience to talk to people about Jesus. Doesn't that sound weird? But I bet some of you might be dealing with that, where, you know, you've been talked out of just, just something, something as important as sharing Jesus, because you don't have it all together. You know, you didn't get to write your sermon out, or you haven't been, you know, trained on how to script it out and all of those things. It doesn't even matter. If the Lord calls you to talk to somebody, you know, do 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 like Tim did, you know, do like I've done. Yeah, you just say, Lord, I, I read this Bible, I, I know it. Um, give me the give me the words and and be with me and just let me say what needs to be said. And then that's what I would do. And that's what I continue to do to do even now, is just say what the Lord will want me to say. And I ask him to help me with that. So you don't have to have it all together. I certainly didn't. And I've been speaking for years and I get emails all the time and you can see all my all my messages um, on you know my YouTube channel. You can go look at my messages and listen to them, even with this podcast and the things that I say on this. I just ask the Lord to lead me and guide me and I just make sure I know scripture. So so that was great, man. Thanks for sharing, Tim. Um, I, I understand. I have, I've, I've been through that as well. Uh, the next one came from my man, TC. Now, yes, this is a different TC. Um now let me let me try to say his last name. <laughs> and I know TC, but I've never had to say his last name. I just call him TC. But his last name is, and I'm gonna butcher this, or maybe I won't, I don't know. But it's his name is TC Anya Kankea. TC Anya Kankea. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna get with him and say it says, I'll say your name right. But you hey, you try it, you people out there. It's A N Y. A-C-H-O-N-K-E-Y-A. Now you say that to yourself and see how easy it is. <laughs> T.C. Anya Kankea. But if you wonder who T.C. is, if you watch the movie War Room, there is a scene in which I, the dream scene where um, my character fights against himself. Uh, well, I had a body double for that so that I could pull that off. And uh, T.C. was my body double. And we found it funny because he's my body double. And um, his name is TC, <laughs> just like mine, you know. So, but yeah, TC. When you see uh, the hand grabbing my neck, and uh, that's TC's hand. And then when we switch it around, and you see his his back, that's him. So it was it, it was just cool. So we had to use each other for that. But yeah, so TC said when I submitted because he TC's an actor and uh, he does voiceover work as well, and he obviously he does you know body double and stunts and stuff like that. He says, uh, when I submitted an audition for some voiceover work using a computer and attachable mic, I knew the sound quality wouldn't be great since I was recording from home, but I did it anyway, and God opened doors. I booked the job, and God connected me 
with a professional studio. So that was that was really cool, man. I mean, that that reminds me of uh, what happened with me with Courageous. Uh, some of you know Courageous was my first ever major motion picture role in a film. Uh, but what a, what a lot of people don't know is 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 what I went through to get that role. <laughs> it's, you know that was that was my first role. I had no experience at all. I had I had no uh, audition training. I had no uh, theater training in terms of you know acting in films and television. I had none of that stuff. Nothing at all. And in fact, I was playing pro football right around the time that I began acting. That is what I was doing. You know, so everything about me was all about football. Well, some of you know my story, and uh, I write about this in my book, The Pursuit. Um, but some of you know my story that I, I went to the movies and I saw Fireproof, the movie Fireproof. And it was at that movie, and I just saw the impact in the theaters, that I started to just get this burning desire to start acting. And now I won't act like I was completely green to acting because I would do church plays. And, you know, I did a couple of plays in college because uh, theater arts was just, uh, that was like a minor that I was doing, but not f- like studying to be an actor. It was just because I, I loved the, I loved movies. You know, I, I love the the genre, you know, I love the art. So, you know, in between taking all those hard classes, I wanted a fun minor, you know, so I, it was theater arts is what I chose. But I didn't have any training for for like how a lot of actors have training to go into the industry and be successful. Didn't have that. So I go and I see Fireproof and I was just going to see Fireproof just to have a good time. But the movie was very, very impactful that day for everybody in the theater. And it was at that point that I started to get this desire. And I was curious. It was so strong in me that I'm like, man, this might be from the Lord. So I just prayed and I'm just like, Lord, if is this you or is this me being a prisoner at the moment? I'm just caught up in this movie. If this is you... Well, show me, <laughs> you know, open open up some doors and, and, and show me if you want me to do this acting thing. I just want to make sure that this is you. And so that's my way of authenticating these feelings, you know, because you can feel anything. You want to make sure this is coming from the Lord. So I pray and I was like, Lord, if this is you, let me know. And me and my wife was looking to see who made the film. And we saw it was the Kendrick brothers. And so I prayed and I asked the Lord if if he could connect me with the Kendrick brothers. This, this, that's what's going to have to happen. They're making the type of movies that I want to do right now. And a year and a half later or so, I end up running into the Kendrick brothers. <laughs> you know, and now this is what I mean by not having it all together, though. It was late in the process in terms of casting. And, you know, I play that TJ character, the, the thug character in Courageous. And so you had to audition for this. I I had never had a major audition. I didn't know what to do. Um, I had no prep for it, nothing. There was no go-to. There was no lessons or anything for me to to kind of bring back to my memory so I could use them. And and what, make, what makes it worse is they were auditioning in uh, Georgia and I could not get to Georgia. And so they asked me to do my audition via Skype. <laughs> I didn't even have a Skype account. So I had to go and get a Skype account. But even before that, let me back up a little bit. I'm jumping a little bit ahead. Before I, I earned the Skype opportunity, they asked me to put some things on tape. They sent me a script and said, can you put these scenes on tape? I had never done anything like this before. you know. And so I went in my garage and I set up the whole scene, You know, the scene in Courageous where uh, my character uh, pulls the gun out and shoots at the cop and 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 Derek in the back seat, the character that played Derek, he grabbed my arm and that whole thing, and I'm yelling at him in the car. I had to recreate that, and so I took some. Remember, don't have it all together. Don't know what I'm doing. Don't. I took some chairs and I put four chairs out and set up what what would look like a car, and I sat in the driver's seat and I grabbed a, a baseball bat. It was a miniature baseball bat, and that was like my gun. <laughs> and I'm just, and I just went for it. I tied a do rag around my head. And uh, and I just went for it, and I just and I just uh, did the whole scene by myself. I didn't have anybody with me, and uh, and I just did the TJ part, and I sent that in. And you know, I didn't I didn't have I, honestly I didn't I didn't know if they would call me back or not. They called me back, and they told me that they liked my tape, and then they said um, we want to give you an audition, um, but we don't have time to get you down here to Georgia and all of that. You know, we're late in the process. We're gonna get we're gonna get going pretty soon, so let's. Let's do a Skype audition. Do you have Skype? And I'm like, oh, goodness, I don't have a Skype account, but I can get one. And I ran home and set it all up. And so I go and I do the audition. I think it was the next day or so. 
And here I am sitting on my couch and all the Kendrick brothers, you know, the Kendrick brothers and, 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 you know, uh, Sherwood Pictures, the whole organization is looking at me. I'm getting nervous. I, and again, in, in, in training, because since, since then, like these days, I've, I've been in acting classes. I teach acting classes, so I know all this stuff now. But back then, I didn't. Didn't have it all together. I didn't know how to calm myself down. Your heart's thumping. You're all nervous and everything. Uh, but I'm ready. Here's the cool thing. We're doing this, getting ready to do the audition. And they asked me, I'm, all, I'm a mall set. And I'm like, okay. And I go to get my script and my computer goes out, like where the, the picture goes out. And I think it, it, the computer just slept. You know how your pu- computer goes to sleep. But I could still hear everything in the background. But I was getting nervous. I'm just like, oh, man, I, I've never done this before. I'm, I, I'm, I'm messing up. I don't know Skype. I don't know the buttons. I don't know. But I could still hear them. And, and they said, well, we see you. And they was let me know that they saw me. And I thought about it. And I'm like, I know where the webcam is, like, to look into it. And they can see me. I just can't see them. And that's great because it's stopping me from being nervous. I, I couldn't see them. I unslept my computer, but I couldn't figure out how to get Skype back up. But I did have my script right there on my computer. So I just pulled up my script and I was able to just read my lines and do the performance without being nervous because I couldn't see any of them. And it made for a strong performance. I could just look right into the webcam and just go at it. And I could hear them and everything went fine. I just couldn't see them, which worked out perfectly. Obviously, you know how this all ended up. I ended up getting the role and the rest is history. But the point is, I did not have it all together. I didn't I didn't have any classes. I didn't have any anything. I didn't know it. And I didn't even know how to use Skype. But I felt like this is what the Lord wanted me to do. So I went for it. And he blessed. And I got the role and Courageous opened up number four in the country. And, and there you have it. And I was playing a very prominent role. And that pretty much launched my acting career. So just think what would have happened had I just, because I didn't have it all together, or I just told, oh, you know, I don't know anything about Skype. Or, uh, you know, auditions are supposed to be in person. Uh, you know, I don't want to do it from my couch. I don't want to do Skype auditions. And I don't think I'll do well. And I uh, just forget it. Thanks anyway. And, and then, you know, I, I wouldn't even be here right now. You know, so you don't have to have it all together. You just have to authenticate the calling and make sure that, that you know, this is what God wants you to do. So, uh, yeah, that, that was cool, man. But uh, that's good stuff, TC. Congrats on what you're doing. You're listening to the Edify Podcast Network. We'll be right back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. This is the Edify Podcast Network. Welcome back. Let's go to the next one. Uh, I got another one here from, uh, y'all gave me some tough names. Uh, if I butcher this, I'm sorry, but it's Afalabi underscore Precious. This is on Instagram. She says, you know, in answering the question about uh, uh, not having it all together, but you went for it anyway. She said, this happened when I wrote my first book. I did not have the experience, the resources to start and finish the book, but I took a big step of faith and gave my best into it, and God showed up marvelously. So congratulations, Afalabi Precious. <laughs> Afalabi Precious. Um, that's great. And I'm assuming that she's saying that uh, the book went well. Uh, it would have been cool if she had told me what the book was. I, I could tell you guys. But apparently the book went well. And I can identify with this as well. Uh, my first book, I mentioned it earlier, was called The Pursuit. And uh, I didn't have it all together at all. I had never wrote a book in my life. I didn't know the first thing about writing a book. And and the reason this I want to do this podcast is so important because I just we just you know, we live in a in a world where it's just like a lot of times it gets it gets put out there that you have to have it all together. Like, you know, um and again, I don't want to I don't want to set the precedent that like or say anything that says like, you know, you don't have to put in the work to prepare. This is different. What I'm saying is when an opportunity comes your way and it might be from the Lord and you and you you validate that calling, and you're like, man, I think the Lord wants me to do this. If it's going to be impactful, man, I tell you, the enemy will start trying to talk you out of it. And I'm just telling you, you don't have to have it all together because I got too many instances where 
I validated the calling. I knew it was the Lord. I didn't have it all together. Uh, but I'm just like, if the, if the Lord wanted me to have it all together before, you know, he would have provided that. He called me at a time where I didn't have it all together. And he just showed me how to get it done. You know, like I said, with this book, you know, um, my book, The Pursuit, that came off of, I was speaking uh, at, an, at an event. And this is so great how this even came to be, because uh, some of you know the story of how I even got the got the role of War Room. Uh, I was I was working at a church at the time, you know, in in Southern California, and the church ending up ending the position that I had, which was a shock because it was a shock to all of us, to me, to my to my students that I was ministering, and they ended up ending the position to where I wasn't going to be teaching there anymore, and this was this was crazy, and, and some of you know that. An hour later, after they ended this position, is when I got the call from the Kendrick brothers to star in the movie War Room. So it was actually a blessing because I wouldn't have been free to do War Room because I was running this very, very large ministry with all these students. And I probably might have said no because War Room took the whole summer. And I don't know if the church would have even been able to allow me to step away from such a large ministry with, you know, a thousand kids were there that I was in charge of. And I would have had to walk away for four to five months to shoot War Room. Uh, but I'm telling you, when they ended the position that same day, one hour later, the Kendrick brothers called me and offered me the lead role in War Room. So that was a blessing. But here's here's why I bring that story up. When I on my last day, um, like I said, this was a surprise to me. So I had I had 14 different biblical principles that I wanted to share with these students. And I had it mapped out to be spread out over the whole year. And, but this is now my last time with these students because like I said, the church let me go. But, but, but I felt like everything that I had on this paper was so important. And I wanted all these students to be able to hear everything because it all dealt with pursuing God's purpose for your life. Each scripture leaned into that principle about putting God first. And I, and I didn't want them to not hear any of this. Like, I didn't want them to miss any of it. So I decided to try and put all of it in about two hours in my last message and share every point with them. So I broke all 14 points down point by point, and I shared it with them. In the end, we had this big hug and cry, and but I, but I was able to get it all out in a way that they understood. And I was seeing so many head nodding, and, and I just felt like this is the most important thing I could ever tell you is how to put God first in your life. Um, and, and the different scriptures that would inspire you to do that. And it was 14 of them. So I go on and I leave. And later on, I was looking at the message and I was like, wow, this is actually very well put together. I thank God for you know leading me to do that. Um, if, if, if I ever only had one shot at talking to somebody, this is what I would talk to them about. So then a little while later, I was asked to speak and I decided to take that message and speak at a, a conference. And so there's this big, large group, and I'm speaking, and I'm, I'm laying out these 14 points the same way I did with these students. And I said, I'm going to tell this message as much as I can. So I told the message. At the end, the people were saying to me, hey, what was point number 12? What was point number 10? What was point number? And I was, I was almost regurgitating all of this stuff at the end in our meet and greet line. And they said, you know what? You should write this down somewhere. Like if, if I was able to get these 14 points in a concise way, oh gosh, this would be such great ministry tools that I could use. This was awesome. And I thought about like, huh. So I started writing this down in book form. And again, I had never written a book book before, but I just I just started doing it. I just started writing it down like if this was a little, you know, like a, like a devotional and I wrote it out. So I finished my little devotional and I'm doing air, air quotes here right now. My little book devotional, I finished it out. And now we're doing promo work for War Room now, like promotional work. Because remember, I was filming War Room. Someone from the team of War Room called me and just was checking on me, seeing how I was doing. And I was just telling her, I'm doing great. And she said, what are you into right now? And I said, oh, I'm actually trying to write a book. And she said, huh, I'd like to read that. I'd like to check it out. I'll give you my opinion. And I didn't even know really who I was talking to. And I sent, I just sent her what I had done, my little, <laughs> my little chicken scratch manuscript or whatever. And it just so happens that she was connected with Broad Street Publishers. She called me back and told me, she said, you know, or she wrote me back. I'm sorry. She wrote me back and it was an email. She said, TC, I'm on page 13 and I am in tears. You have an awesome book here and I'm going to connect you with somebody. She connected me 
with uh, Carlton Gaborg from Broad Street Publishers. He is the the leader of that. This is his company. And he's and he told me, he says, TC, this is great. We've read it. You got yourself a book deal. <laughs> Can you believe that, y'all? Again, never wrote a book before. Had no idea about f- formatting or anything. I just broke out my Microsoft Word, and, <laughs> you know, and I just and I just wrote down what I believe if someone read it would change their life for Jesus. 14 points. And then what do you end up with? You end up with a book called The Pursuit. 14 ways in 14 days to passionately seek God's purpose for your life. That was the, that's the book. It's out. I wrote that book in 2015. And right now I'm sitting on Amazon with about, I don't know, 60 or so, 58 or so five-star reviews. And, uh, and it's just I've, that book. I've that book. I've been able to send copies of that book to the military, uh, all over in the country, out of the country. That book's been all over the place, and it's uh, it's changing lives for Jesus, you know. And again, I didn't have it all together. <laughs> I, I didn't have anything together. I never written a book before in my life, you know. That's just one of many stories that I that I can tell. I'm gonna share a couple more, but yeah, man, you don't have to have it all together. You just got to be called. That's obviously something I, I prayed all the way through that process. And um, it's blessing people and it's continuing to bless people today. And now here I am. I wrote another book a couple years later uh, called Playing on God's Team. That one is also got 58 or so five-star reviews. And then now I'm working on my third book, Eyes Fixed, My True Life Story. This is my autobiography. But the point is, I I didn't have it all together. I didn't have all this, you know, a reputation for writing great books and I have my own publishing company behind me. Not, not, not mine, like I run it, but I'm saying Broad Street Publishers with Carlton and his team, they, they are working with me. And anytime I write a book, I know I, I have a publishing company that I can work with. And it's a blessing. So I know I'll always be able to get my book ideas out there as long as the Lord has called me to do it. And, but I didn't get that because I had some awesome reputation. I had a great references and referrals and all these different things. No, I, I was called to do it. I just did the best with what I had, and I was, I was I was humble to let somebody I didn't even really know read it, and this person just happened to be someone that that could make things happen, and and uh, and she did, and she connected me with Broad Street. So here I am. So yeah, man, it it God showed up in an awesome way. Uh, so yeah, so that's great. That that's awesome. Thanks for for sharing that story, Afalabi, and, and congratulations on your book. Got one more here from from uh, Instagram, uh, Marcella. Isabel Sanchez says, at one point, I felt that I was doing nothing for the Lord. Since my job is in a nursing home and I didn't have the right hours to do something, you know, just work. But the Lord spoke to my heart and I had all those souls in the home of grandparents, uh, geriatric. So I began to testify of Jesus to them with a with a hug and a word and so I began to serve God where I least imagined it. And so this is cool. Uh Marcella Isabel Sanchez basically is just saying that she was working in a nursing home and felt like she wasn't doing anything for the Lord and then she just woke up one day in her mind and her heart and realized she's got all these people right here. Uh, you know, they're with her. They can't go anywhere. She can't go they're right. So she started to just um you know testify to Jesus to them. Uh, with a hug and a word, and and she's you know witnessing Jesus right there, and she's feel like she's got a ministry right there, and I felt like God is using her where she least imagined it. That is that's cool because I've had that feeling before. So where where you feel like you you're not doing something for the Lord, you're not doing enough. Um, for me, it was this was I believe it was uh, I forgot the year, but this is where Hurricane Harvey I think. Hopefully, I got the right hurricane, but this is the one in Houston, tore Houston up. Flooded Houston really, really bad. And at this time, I was living in Southern California. Um, like I said, this is a few years ago. But I was just watching how, like, professional athletes and professional entertainers and, uh, you know, that have you know, millions of dollars were, like, doing these campaigns and raising money. And they were helping so many people in the Houston area. And I felt like, I, you know, yes, I was acting, but I, I wasn't no millionaire, billionaire that could, you know, go to Houston and rebuild houses and all those kinds of different things and make this huge impact or feed, you know, like 10, 15,000 people. And I was seeing that because so many people were displaced and, and, and all this stuff. And I was just, it just bothered me so much because I felt like I want to do something. But, but 
disasters like that seem so massive and you can't really help anybody. And and, and I'm sitting here watching it on TV and my heart was just breaking. I was just seeing all these stories and see people crying and, and they're losing everything and everything's flooded. And I'm just like, man, I hate this. I hate seeing these things. And you go on Twitter and, you know, you're praying what you should do and you say, you know, my prayers go out and, and that and that should happen because what else can you do? Uh, but then I thought about like, well, what if I could just help one person, just one person, one family? I can at least do that. And uh, and so I had a friend who, when I was in Louisville, Kentucky, we were doing a church ministry together, a, a theater church ministry called Kidway. And she had moved to Houston. I remember that. So I called her and I asked my friend if there was someone in the Houston area, if they could if they could help me find one person in need in that area, I would want to start a campaign to raise money to help them rebuild their house. And sure enough, she was able to find a person. And I, and I think they had like three people uh, so we could look at their situation and pick the one who had the greatest need. And we did that. And she had a child who was disabled and, and, and they sent me a video because I wanted to meet the family. And they sent me a video uh, and it was just talking about how they had to basically carry this kid out on a surfboard because their, their, their home was flooded. Four, four to five feet of water in their home. And they show videos of everything being messed up. And they show their daughter and they're not able to care for her with the special needs because now their house is completely destroyed and flooded and they needed help. And so I went on and I donated and, and my followers donated and I put on a campaign for a few weeks and then and the church helped out. And collectively, we were able to help this family rebuild their house. Now, I know it may not sound like much. It's just one family. And there were you know thousands of people who, who were affected by the hurricane. But we did it. And it was so cool. And it didn't matter that it was just one family because that that's the best that I could do at the time. But it felt so great to help this family. And just imagine, the funny thing about it, just imagine if everybody took that just one mentality. Like you didn't just say, you know, it's too great a problem. And just, I'm just going to, you know, oh, I'd hope for the best. But, you know, along with your prayers, you ask the Lord if there's anything you can do and you end up just helping one person, one family, uh, one individual, anything. And that is just as good as anybody else's stuff because it's the best you could do with what you had. And it felt so good. I felt just, I, I felt like I helped a million people just by helping this one family because it was the best that I could do. And this family rebuilt, rebuilt their, their house. And then the, the impact, by the way, of all the people who came along, everybody who gave $5, $10, $2 or whatever, it was so cool uh, because I know that they felt like they helped too. And, and maybe they had never given before. So the impact was incredible. But once again, you know, uh, just like uh, Isabel said, that, that she felt like she wasn't doing anything, but then she just did the best with what she could. That's kind of how I felt, man. I felt like I wasn't doing anything, but then I just did the best with what I could. And and it worked. Fantastic. Sometimes that's all you have to do. So it's like that with me for so many different things, even with this podcast. I've never done a podcast before. I don't come on here acting like I'm some podcast guru and I got all these skills and I got... There's so many podcasts out there and, and some some people just, they get on there and, and the whole point is to just you know, maybe mislead people or just at the end of the day, just to make a long story short, everybody, I just said, listen, I, I, I want to figure out how to do this podcast thing so that I can grab my Bible and tell people how to live life for Jesus. And that, and that's how you get the TCS live show, you know, where we talk about, you know, living a total uh, committed surrender life to Jesus, living life from a biblical perspective. And, and that's what I'm going to do every single week. And I don't have it all together with this, you know, I just do the best I can. And, uh, and I'm, if I can just reach one person, um, then, then praise God, you know? So that, that is, that's just, it. you don't have to have it all together. Um, and I want to wrap up by saying this, you know, it, if Jesus wanted you to have everything together, before you came to him, not a lot of us would ever have come to Jesus. Get it all together first, then come to me. Get it all, get it all together, meaning no sin at all. 
No, no sinning. No, make make sure you you come to me perfect. Then we can do something. Then I can use you. Well, if that's the criteria, then none of us will be able to come to him. But the cool thing is Jesus is ready to use you just like you are, and he'll make the necessary adjustments. He'll make the necessary provisions. He'll, he'll make the necessary changes that need to be made in your life so that you can serve him. He'll change your heart. He'll change your desires. He'll change, you know, everything. And obviously he'll forgive all your sins and, and he'll, he'll make you new and he'll, he'll make you usable. But so many people say, I'll come to Jesus. You know, I, I'm not ready yet. You know, I'm not ready yet. I'm, I, I, I don't have it all together. You don't have to have it all together. You just have to answer the call. You just got to respond. When he starts knocking on your heart, just answer. Answer the call and, and come to Jesus just like you are and let him deal with remaking you, helping you to be able to, to do what he's called you to do, equipping you to do it. You know, when Jesus started his ministry and he started selecting disciples, he, he didn't select people who had been to seminaries and all these different things. Um, and again, nothing against that. My point is he chose people who were ordinary, unschooled men, you know, he, and he called them and he didn't say, get it together first. He said, drop everything and follow me right this second. And then he equipped them to do what they needed to do. And that, and, and, and now we got this beautiful Bible that we can read where, where a lot of them have written their accounts of how Jesus has used them. And that's, and that's, now you listen to my testimony uh, of all the things that, that God has used me to do from following his son, Jesus Christ, and being led by his Holy Spirit. And, and I've read some of your stories. That's what it's all about. You know, so I hope you are encouraged. I, so if you're sitting here and you're listening right now and, um, you know, you, you you feel like the Lord's called you to do something, but you just, you don't have it all together. You don't have everything you need. You know, you are, um, you're intimidated by that and you're considering not doing it. Well, just Understand this, that could be the enemy talking you out of it, or that's just you as a human being talking yourself out of it. But, you know, read, read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Just read that. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to say it here. You go and read that. And, and just understand man, that if God has called you to do something, it's not about you having it all together. It's about him having it all together. He's got the plan, and it'll be by his strength, by his spirit, by, by his, his calling on your life, his provisions, he qualifies you. You just need to do one thing, have faith and authenticate that calling. And the way you do that is just pray. And you ask the Lord, is this just me or is this you? Am I, am I caught up in my own thing and what I want to do? Or is, is this you? Are you calling me to do this? And you ask the Lord to reveal it to you just to make just just to show you. So you'll know that if you do this, you'll be obeying him and not just doing something that you want to do. And if it's his calling on your life to do something. Then for sure, you know, it's going to be for his glory, which means that there are probably going to people that be people that are inspired to know him from what you're doing. There'll be people that, that, that you know, you could change lives for Jesus if you do it which means that there will be someone trying to stop you. Satan is not going to just stand by and allow you to win souls for Jesus without some kind of opposition, without some kind of pushback, roadblocks, things like that to slow you down. That's why when, when you start getting doubts about things because you feel like you're not ready or you don't have what you need or you know you don't have it all together, a lot of times that's the enemy, because the impact, if you do it, will be for Jesus. And his whole thing, we hear in scripture, the devil comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. Last thing you want to do is see you making, uh, winning souls for Jesus. So again, authenticate it, because sometimes it also could be the Lord confirming or letting you know that he doesn't want you to do something. That's why I said you have to authenticate the calling. When you feel like something that the Lord's calling you to do something, you believe the Lord's calling you to do something. It, even if it's positive, even if it's good, even just run it by God. 
And if he, if you can tell that he's the one slowing you down and you can tell, you can know the difference because some of you may be thinking right now, like, well, how do I know if it's Satan, you know, the enemy in my head telling me not to do it or if it's God telling me not to do it? That's how your prayer should be. Say those things specifically. People make prayer so deep. It's, it's not that deep. It's just being honest and real. Just say, Lord, is this you or is this me? And, and if it's you, please make it plain. Like, I want to know, help me to discern whether it's you telling me to do this or to not do this. Because I know if it's you, and Satan will want to talk me out of it. So if it's you, please don't let Satan or anybody else talk me out of it. Help me to have a clear mind and know that this is you. But, but if you want me to not do it, help me to know the difference between your voice and the voice of the enemy. I just want to be clear. I do not want to do this if, it, if, if this is not of you. Just close all the doors if you don't want me to do it. Open the doors necessary if you do. And then give me the confidence to not worry about what I have or don't have. I just want to know that you have called me to do it. So let's see, that's a very simple and, and specific humble prayer. That's all you got to do. And then you'll know who's leading you. That's what I mean when I say authenticate the calling. And there is no better feeling than when you know, when you've authenticated it and you know you're supposed to do it. Like I'll even say, if you know you're not supposed to do it, then you have peace about letting things go. Because sometimes there are things we really, 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 really want to do. And when we know that God doesn't want us to do it, eh, it's easier to let it go. Like, hmm, God must know better. But on the other hand, when you when you go and you pray like that and you authenticate it and you and you see that God wants you to do it, ah oh man, you got you, then you just you go in, you go in with everything you have, and 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 you just know it's going to work out because it's the plan of God, and that should excite you. That should excite you. So that's what I hope that we've achieved today. Uh, I don't know who needed this, uh, but again, I will tell you, if God has called you to do something. Or if you're planning to do something or you feel like you want to do something and you have this prevailing feeling of, nah, I don't have it all together. Just know that you don't have to have it all together because he has it all together. And if he called you to do it, the worst thing you could do is not pursue it because you don't think you have what you need. You'll just talk yourself out of it over and over and over again. And Satan will be very, very happy to accommodate you in that doubt or that fear or whatever it is. So run it through the Lord. And just remember, he will equip you, his provisions, his power, his spirit, his blessings, his oversight, his ordained will for you to get it done. You got all that behind you. So there's no, no reason to delay or doubt. Authenticate the calling and then run boldly at exactly what God has called you to do because you don't have to have it all together because he does. So I hope this blessed you today. Thank you all for joining me. We'll see you next week on the TCS Live show. Thanks for listening to TCS Live with TC Stallings on the Edify Podcast Network. Tune in next time for another powerful exploration of faith and life. And for more must-hear podcasts, download the Edify podcast app on the Apple and Google Play stores or at edify.app.